Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Check us out at thecorner3.net. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to an edition of the Corner 3 Podcast, as we are now three quarters of the way through the NBA season. God, that's weird. We're like three quarters through our first season ever doing this show, but a lot of fun so far and a lot more to talk about as we're getting down the home stretch here. Tim Daniel, excited as always for another show. On the other line, as always, Mr. Alex Derrickson, Mr. Sean Mackey. Guys, how are you? I'd like to say, for the first time ever, the Corner 3 has not one, but two sponsors, as today's episode is sponsored by the number 18 and the letter T, for the number of technicals DeMarcus Cousins has now. <laughs> and also, suspended. congratulations to getting suspended twice in February. <laughs> <laughs> And two minutes in the All-Star game. His two minutes in the All-Star game are more than two games he played in February. Outstanding. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice start to the show. Um, <laughs> so, now to get somber on this. Hey, man, that's a bad transition. Um, during last night's game, obviously, you know, the Warriors are rolling and they are on fire. Um they unfortunately get some bad news that goes their way, but it's not as bad as it looked at first. As Kevin Durant, we find out, with a hyperextended knee, uh, is out for the minimum of four weeks. So that's definitely the best answer they could have gotten in that case. Um, one, because like their schedule's pretty easy for the next uh, few weeks. Two, um, obviously losing their best, best player. Yeah, I'll say it. Best player for a month is not too bad for them. Um Obviously, you know, it sucks. No one wants to go to that injury. But, like, man, this opens up the door for a lot of things. So, obviously, you know, Alex, we definitely thought of Gold State as the one seed in the West. And, you know, the the team in the league in general. And now, you know, they're probably still that team. But, like, this opens that door for teams like San Antonio and Houston, who aren't too far behind them in the loss column, to really kind of, like, challenge them for that number one seed. Because I don't think it really matters, quote like, in general, where the – Warriors had their seed. I still think if they have KD back and they're all healthy, they're going to be fine, obviously. But that home court advantage now gets a little bit more interesting in the West if he's gone for a month and they start to stumble a bit. I mean, it goes back to what we've talked to all season, right? Is, is that the big difference between Golden State this year and Golden State last year is the depth and how much they gave up really in that depth to get Durant at the start. And it's a situation now where I think that, yeah, they're plugging the hole with Matt Barnes and it's, that's nowhere near, you know, what Durant brings to a table. So I think, yeah, Golden State's probably going to struggle. It's one month. I think they're going to be okay. The playoffs are what? 40, 45 ish days away. Yeah. I I wouldn't sweat if I'm Golden State, this month's going to suck, but I think it's better to be full strength at the playoffs than it is three quarters of the way through the season. Yeah, like absolutely. this is this doesn't make or break their season, really. No, I, I don't think so either. I think this kind of goes in the same category as Cleveland losing Love. It's just like to a more of an extent. Uh, not that I don't think Love's outstanding, but like Love, you can see right now Cleveland's doing just fine without him. Um, but I, I think it kind of falls in that category there. So Sean, like, kind of bring you into the conversation here. What makes it interesting to me is like you could have definitely told me before this. Kevin Love, first team All-NBA, no doubt. Maybe the third in that MVP talk with uh, Westbrook and Harden. Like, justifiably, I could have totally gone with that argument with you and been like, okay, yeah, I agree with you. So now that shakes things up there, too. Um, I still have a hard time because his, like, his player efficiency rating and where he was compared to everyone else is, like, 
unbelievable because he is, in my opinion, the second best player in basketball. So now they think that opens that door for like a Giannis to get their shot to be on the first team All NBA for a Jimmy Butler to get their name and that recognition. Also, uh, where, where do you put that case as well for Durant and how the, you know, the running for that situation? Um, I, I think he still makes it. He's led that team really well this year. I don't think four weeks is going to matter. Um, I think. Yeah, it sucks and everything. I don't, I don't think it's going to affect the award race. Just kind of the same way we, we were kind of privately discussing earlier about Embiid. Um, I I think he probably still wins Rookie of the Year. After, you know, because he was ruled out today too. We'll get to that later. But um, My heart you know, is I, broken. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, I don't know how I feel about his health for the rest of his career. This is... Uh, we got a really good glimpse, but it was just a glimpse, and I have a feeling we haven't seen the end of his extended injuries. I mean, it seems like the modern big man is plagued by that more so, and that becomes like, is it a rate-of-the-game issue, you know? Like, it sucks to see really young, athletic, like, high-prospect big men, which the NBA sorely lack outside of your car, Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis, you know, DeMarcus Cousins. But I think to constantly see this go down, it makes you wonder, like, is this an issue with them not getting enough playing time in college to, like, develop that? Because, I mean, that's a lot of stress to put on an 18- to 22-year-old's body. It is. It, it, it makes it hard, man. And, like, you know, he's not the only one going through this, obviously. Like, his teammate, Ben Simmons... You know, same case where he's got going through that body pain as well, and you know, not a guy that you really heard a lot having having injury problems in college, and then comes here and first training camp breaks his foot. That sucks because I was so excited to see him play too. And so, uh, but going back to Durant, I think what like makes this interesting is like if you guys remember, and I, uh, on Ben Golliver's podcast, he talked about this today, like. That Golden State team was totally riding their high horse there for a few weeks. Like, we had, like, you know, the whole JaVale McGee versus Shaq thing going on where they were going at it. Um, Draymond obviously picking a fight with Paul Pierce because that's what Draymond does, and then kicks Blake Griffin. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know I had to throw that in there. And then, you know, Steph kind of, like, you know, the whole, like, there's the All-Star game where he, like, lays down. And uh, Giannis dunks on him like that was a gold day team. They they were swagged out there for a bit. Like does this does this D? I guess why well, I can't believe I'm about to use this word. So please don't kick me off our show. Does this D swag the Warriors a little bit for a month? No, no. no I mean they're they're basically now just the Warriors team of last year minus Igudala and Barnes and Bogut, which is... They have have Iguodala, they have Iguodala. I'm sorry, yeah, they have Iguodala. I I keep forgetting that. But it's it's a situation where, no, I don't think that Golden State loses any bit of momentum. I mean, sure, they can't carry what they were doing, but I don't think it's going to be anything other than business as usual, really, with most Warriors games for the next 30 days. You know what I'm excited for for the next 30 days for the Golden State Warriors? I'm excited for David West to get like major minutes again. <laughs> like, Dude, fuck yeah. I'm so pumped. Absolutely. I, I, I totally forgot he was playing there, honestly. Oh, man. <laughs> you never see you him re- play. It's, it's always you McGee. Re- you redraft that 03 draft, man. He's he's a lot higher than where he was. Well, you know me being the Xavier Muskie fan. Like, of course, anytime I got a chance to talk about how great David West is, I'm going to take it. Oh. 
Oh yeah. So like, absolutely. Yeah, I was stoked, man. Like I'm so excited he's gonna get a chance to step in there and play a little bit. So another player that minus winning the ring fulfilled the prophecy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Like, what else is they gonna do there? This could be interesting. So, uh, like I said, Matt Barnes comes in. I don't know what role he's gonna play, if any. By the way. How- the current percentage of Warriors fans, how many of that, like, what percentage would you guess say can, can like, remind us that Matt Barnes was originally a Warrior? Like, do you think anyone that's a They probably fan? think it's Monte Ellis. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're probably like, wait a minute, him and Steven Jackson played there together? What? Who's Al Harrington? <laughs> right. <laughs> I think, I think most modern fans remember that team. It was only, it was oh, 10 years ago. Great. Dude, they don't yeah, even that remember was, that, that was, logo. Let's be honest here. That was a, that was a great team. Yeah. That was one. Of, that was like one of the greatest like NBA moments ever. Seeing an eight seed take awesome. out the number one seed. Who an eight seed MVP. led by Baron Davis. Right. Yes. And Kalen Azabuki was like their star defender. Yeah. Those yeah. were the days. Yeah. So I think that that's gonna be fun. Um. The the only like the real major bummer I have is March twenty second. They have a rematch in OKC, so Durant won't be able to get booed out of the building again. So. That part sucks, but you know we'll be we can talk about this till the, uh, the lights go out. Uh, obviously, it's a it's a bit of a loss for a bit, but we know we all agree Golden State's gonna be fine as long as Clay, Steph, and Draymond are on the team. They're gonna be a okay. So let's talk about some teams that made some moves. As we know now, the Golden State's gonna be depending on their bench. Uh, it's buyout period, guys, and like man, there's been a lot of moves. Let's start with the two obvious, being the Cavaliers, the defending chance to rebuild their bench. LeBron gets his quote-unquote fucking playmaker that he wanted, um, and Darren Williams. And all I could think of when they signed Darren Williams, like when it was official, was like high screens and pick and rolls between LeBron and Darren Williams are going to be so filthy because he is still so good in the pick and roll. And then, you know, they go and add Bogut, who was on Golden State last year. And like, I don't care what anyone says. He made a, such a difference. When he got hurt in the finals, like, that just allowed Tristan Thompson to go off um, and really make a difference there. So he's there now. Let's see. What else can we go on? Uh, Jose Calderon originally signed with the Warriors, but after they signed him, they immediately told him they are going to cut him so they can make room for Matt Barnes. Uh, I know, right? Brandon, ah, it's heartbreaking. Brandon Jennings asked the, the Knicks to release him, and he also got in a way better situation already by signing to be John Wall's backup in Washington. I love that move. And let's see, am I missing any other ones? Oh, Jared Jack's back in the league. He's playing for New Orleans, guys. Um, you know, he's one of the 18... I saw that. Yeah, he's one of the 18 take... guards that, like, can't play with Davis and Cousins. So, <laughs> Sean, we'll start with you here, man. Like, in your eyes, like, who is... What move of those do you like the best? Which one do you think is going to help their, help that team the most? Duran, Williams, Cavs, all the way. Agreed. I think I think I mean he's still got a lot left in the tank. I don't think he's not ter- I mean he was starting for the uh for the Mavs for quite a while. Right. So I don't uh I think that's a great deal for them um to have to have Deron Williams as your backup uh you know and then Kyle Korver coming off the bench and Richard Jefferson and now Bogut um it's uh it's going to be uh, they're going to be really hard to beat in the postseason. Really, really hard. Because they just turned a bench that was garbage into a very, very solid bench in just a couple of days. So I think uh, I think they're going to do really well with that. I mean, there's a few other ones that might. Um, you know, Brandon Jennings is going to be backing up. Uh, John Wall out in Washington. I think that's probably a pretty good one. 
Um, Norris Coles, he's going to the Thunder. He's kind of a I like that kid. a lot. Yeah. yeah, I yeah they. I mean, they just got rid of Cameron Payne, and yeah, uh, yeah they just reloaded. They just it just shows how much they robbed Chicago last week. Like, well, and I mean, Cole was a very serviceable backup to Mario Chalmers too yeah. in Miami. So I, yeah. I think him backing up Westbrook is there's a lot that I think he could take from this experience in Oklahoma, which I'm excited about because Norris Cole really isn't anything to scoff at. No, no. So Alex, what about you, man? What about those moves that jumps out to you? What What do you think? Oh, I'm definitely going with Duran uh, to Cleveland because. A few weeks ago, we talked what best case scenario was Jameer Nelson. Right. This is like three Jameer Nelsons. Yeah. And and granted, Duran isn't the who's better, Duran versus Chris Paul Duran, but it's still a very very good point guard, like very good NBA point guard backing up Kyrie Irving, and who's going to share floor time with the best like floor general in the NBA. So, like Sean said, all oh, those are just like positive moves for Cleveland the whole way around. So uh, we talked last week that the trade deadline showed a lot of teams kind of fortifying for the playoffs. I think it was echoed exponentially in the waiver wire this time around. Let's uh let's talk about this Cavs bench for a minute here because like so when you list the starting five, it's already pretty great. Of Kyrie, Jr. This is all healthy, of course. LeBron, Love, Tristan Thompson, like that's already solid. Like you can obviously compete immediately with those four. Now you're going to add Darren Williams, Andrew Bogut, Derek Williams, Amon Shumpert, Kyle Korver, that, and, you know, DeAndre Liggins is a, a really good defender. Um, Kay Felder can be that, like, three, four-minute guy as, like, your third point guard. Like, that's filthy. That's disgusting. Like, that's so damn good. And for, like, you know, <laughs> just last week, we're sitting here thinking, like, man, if Golden State's playing Cleveland, I'm probably going to go with the, with the Warriors just because I think their bench is going to be able to make more minutes with guys like Sean Livingston. And now, like, that argument is completely gone. That argument is like, nope, we were wrong. You guys are right. David Griffin pulled this off. Well, do you think David Griffin would have pulled it off if LeBron wasn't playing there? Uh, probably not. I think, you know. Probably like, not. I'm going to I'm going to credit everything to LeBron right now. I'm just going to go ahead He's and He's the best him. GM in basketball. Uh yeah, I I really think so. I mean, I know me and you were just talking about that a second ago, but I don't I don't think he's the uh <laughs> I I mean, you're looking at a guy who he tanked for LeBron. They got LeBron, you know, then he left and now he came back, which was just kind of sheer luck on his part. And they they had the most amazing NBA Finals ever last year, um, but I I don't like I don't consider him a better GM than what Pat Riley was a few years ago. The coup that Pat I didn't Riley say of was all able time to... now. No 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 no. But yeah, I just I don't know if I'd even give him G- GM of the year this year. I don't know. So I I think once again I'm I've said this quite a few times, but I think. <laughs> I think that the Spurs are being really undermined right now. Like, I think they are a team that could real. The, the Spurs being undermined though is like, isn't that like saying but, Isaiah Thomas is short anymore? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, but I know we always just kind of forget about him until the playoffs, and then it's like, I mean, we don't forget about him, forget about him, but 
you know, they're just so quiet. And, I mean, they're only a few games behind Golden State. I know. I mean, I think we'd be more surprised if the Spurs were playing poorly. Right. I mean, when you're consistent for so long, I mean, the Eastern Conference had a taste of it with that string of Flip Saunders Detroit teams. Uh, or, like, in the NFL's case, like the Patriots. I think everyone would be surprised if the Patriots had a losing season. And I think that's where we're at with the Spurs, is everybody forgets about them because everybody just basically writes them into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, like, always, there's, there's only seven playoff spots in the Western Conference. Right. For the six. next couple years. I'd say six if you count the Warriors. Yeah, that's true. That damn CBA just had to let them get Kevin Durant. Hey, man. It's all you fair. Know, yeah, I mean, I mean, most of their t- most of their stars are homegrown, so I'm not gonna. I don't give Golden State the shit that I give the Miami Heat for getting together that one year. I can't. I mean, most of the. I mean, Dwayne Wade was there, and who was their center at the time? Joel Anthony. Like, uh, he was Eric there. Dampier. No, 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 no. The year that yeah, the year that Joel. it was Joel. So I mean, like. You know, I mean, those were like their two players, and Hassan White. Or, uh, I'm sorry, ah, yes. So, um, I mean, they had like two or three guys that were there, but you know, they weren't. One was a franchise player. You know, with Golden State, they have like three really good all stars that they drafted on their own. Draymond was was a find too. He wasn't just like you know some big star coming out of college or anything. Like he 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 made his way and he's awesome now. And I just, I, I can't give them the same, the same kind of shit for, you know, getting Kevin Durant. If you can get Kevin Durant, you get Kevin Durant. You oh, make I, your team better. I get that. So I totally get that. I, but, but I mean, you can't look at Durant in the same way. Cause like, it's like, okay, you were on a really good team anyway. And now you were, now you think you're going to a team that's a shoe in, you know, which is looking less and less like a shoe in as every week goes by. <laughs> Yeah, like I get really annoyed by like when people try to compare him and like my and LeBron going to Miami. Like I get it; they joined two superstar players and they're planning on making a run. I, I get that analogy 100. percent But like LeBron left Antoine Jameson and Mo Williams, like who made the All Star game that year and shouldn't have, for you know like where he left KD. You know, obviously leaving Russ is one thing, but a good Stephen Adams, a really good Ennis Cantor, like that's. No, that's not the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So well, and in in LeBron's case too, that was two guys going to meet up with one guy on a team with with Golden State, like Sean said. I mean, this is a roster that's pretty much been crafted by that front office and grown by that front office, and this was one guy coming to a much better situation. So, in some aspects, yeah, it's the same. It's but LeBron definitely left worse for better. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! So that yeah, that, that's I guess that's where I'll go there. So back to where we were because we got off a little off topic there. So now that we are where we're at, and if you guys remember, I called this. You know, we obviously have all called Golden State Cleveland three because we all feel that's going to happen. Um. So the, you know, and like I you know, I went back and forth a little bit on who I thought was winning. I had Cleveland at the end of the year. Past few months, I've had Golden State. Now with the moves today and. I just keep thinking about Darren Williams and LeBron running that high screen and that pick and roll. It's gonna be so awesome. Um, I'm gonna. Yeah. Think, I'm thinking I'm gonna go ahead and flip. Can I flip back? Is that allowed? Can I go ahead and say I'm gonna pick the Cavs to win it again? 
I don't think anyone's keeping score here, Tim. You're fine. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm definitely leaning that way because, I mean, that's the one thing we've hit on with Cleveland, too, is like the playoffs are a physical grind. And I don't know any teams, save for maybe San Antonio, that could really grind with Cleveland for seven games. Yeah. So, Sean, you still leaning that way or are you still, uh, you're still feeling that Warriors title? I don't know, man. I don't or know. You feel that Spurs I, uh, title? We know what you're, I feel, you're feeling that Spurs yeah, title. Yeah, I I, I want to say after the Spurs won the title this year that I called it, but you know, I I don't know who it's going to be. I kind of hope it would be the Spurs. Just I don't know. I, I would love if to the see. Spurs win. Is that Popovich's last year? Going into going into the season, everybody thought, oh, Warriors are going to win, you know. But now we have Durant down, and they very well could still win. But I am just not impressed with their bench. I have not been impressed with their bench at all. I think it's just kind of thrown together i i'm not a fan of it i i'm actually kind of surprised they weren't able to get enough you know um decent bench players over the season like i'm surprised players didn't sign for less to be part of that um but i don't know well i guess we'll see yeah um and answer your question alex he's actually in charge of usa basketball now through 2020 at the minimum so i think pop's gonna keep it going I hope so. Yeah, because I just oh. want more interviews of like, so coach, um, you know, Manu had a great game there, six for six from three, and he just was able to get to the paint. Uh, what was Manu's strategy today? He shot the ball. When, when Popovich retires from the NBA, it's going to be the same feeling I have when the Simpsons aren't on the air anymore. Right. Yeah. I'm just going to feel like a part of me is just absent. I right. <laughs> agree with that, except for Popovich still is getting good, and the Simpsons have been, heh, for the last, what, like, eight years oh double that yeah 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 <laughs> so guys i guess we can go and talk a little bit now about the injury roundup because february was a shitty month if you're an nba player apparently um obviously we've talked about two already and katie and love um we get to talk about tim like crying in this pillow about joel and bead getting hurt again and being out for the year um ben simmons officially being ruled out i was so optimistic uh, so optimistic, but I should know because the Sixers don't own MRI machines that there's in their in their arena in their stadium. They, apparently, they, but yeah, but there were there were there was news bits that were out at the beginning of the year going like, yeah, they're not gonna, he's not gonna play, his agent's not gonna let him play, and I think that was the I think that was the the plan the whole year. I don't think that he was going to play, yeah. you know, because they they won another draft pick. I don't blame, you know, this is a great draft. Yeah, I get it. Um, and so, you know, there's those, and then, uh, let's see, Butler was out for a couple of games, but obviously he's playing again. Uh, God, there was so much. Like, Katie was hurt Noah's already. out for the year now. Yeah, Noah's, Noah's out, out for, the, for year. the year. Jesus. $72 million, four seasons. Oh! oh. So glad oh. the Bulls didn't throw that deal out. Oh, Phil Jackson for executive of the year, guys. Yeah, he's oh. the one, he's the one who should be winning executive of the year. Right. I mean, he's he's the man. I'll tell you. you Especially wanna... when rumors start coming out of the trade deadline that New York might just give Derrick Rose away. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, they might just pay him to go home. Dude, could you imagine <sighs> if Rose hit the free agent market? Like, that would be crazy, actually. Oh, oh my god! I don't think we're too far removed from it. No, we're not. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I, think, I think we're. I think we're two seasons away from him getting waived from a team. Yeah. I think... I think he signs a deal someplace that's not New York. I don't think he signs New York. If they're ta- if there's chatter that he's going to, you know, be waived from them this year, he's not going to 
re-sign there. I don't know where he goes. I don't know. Maybe he does go to the Timberwolves. Maybe he signs there. I don't know. I mean, there's there's got to be some sort of interest on a on, on a level, but I, I don't know where he goes. I don't... I mean, he hasn't been playing awful. No. no. 16 and 7? Like, there's glimpses, you know? There's glimpses of, like, of, like, the amazing athleticism that, like, getting to the basket with no issues. Like, you see those from time to time with him, but... That time to time is like once every like fifteen or sixteen games. He does some like play where you're like, I saw him do that in Chicago for three years, and then that's all you see for a couple weeks. Yeah, so, it's a heartbreaking reality realizing he wasn't as good as he used to be. Oh my god, I know, man. Like, ah, it sucks so much. I I don't want to cry. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like you know, and that, uh, let's talk a little bit about Embiid here because obviously like. That sucks on a lot of reasons. One, like, he was so fun. Uh, two, like, in the 31 games he was on the court, he was incredible. Um, you know, it's, the Sixers were amazingly better with him. Like, at one point, we're, like, not too far out of the eighth seed with Embiid on the court. Um, they just traded Nerlens Noel, like, for a top 18 protected first-round pick. Like, so they might not even get And waved Bogut. Yeah, and they waved Bogut. And so now, like, they're planning on Jaleel for the rest of the year. And don't get me wrong, like, Dario Saric has been awesome. Like, Dario Saric might win, might win Rookie of the Year now. Um, him, Malcolm Brogdon, and really, like, if you look at it, Jalen Brown's been really freaking good, too, for, uh, yeah. for Boston. So, like, that's an open race now, though I still think if it were to me, I'd pick Embiid. But I think people are going to say, like, well, he played 31 games, so I, I can't really give that to him if he only played that many games. If Milwaukee makes the playoffs, which I don't think they do, Brogdon gets it. Hands down. Hands down, that's my uh, that's my prediction. <laughs> that's fair. That's a hundred percent fair. Yeah, he's so good, man. Like, like Brogdon is like, he's the second round like delight. Like, we have like another one, and it's like it doesn't this happen all that often. But now we have another one. Like Isaiah Draymond, we're like obviously two. I'm not comparing him to those players at all by any means, but. I, it's it's so nice to see like those second rounders gotta get it when they get a chance to shine really take over and that Milwaukee team's been fun building that young core. God, if they had Jabari, I think they could really make a run still. Um, God, if they had Larry Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but on the bright side, Larry Sanders didn't go to Cleveland, so Sean, I'm That's sure you're true. happy. I am. I am. I My dream of him going to Golden State still hasn't happened. I was gonna say, I'm oh. shocked he's not there yet. I'd give him a shot. Yeah. So what? What what do the what do the Sixers do now? Like, you know, can they plan like on like because his extension's coming up soon too. Like the, the rookie options, the team options. Like, what what does Brett Brown and company do at this point? Like, do you have to give him a shot because of how good he was in those thirty one games? Do you hesitate a little bit? Like, do you give him one of the options? See what happens with that fourth year. I have no idea what the Sixers can do in this circumstance with Embiid if they can even trust him to be really around for a while and like really play. Yeah, like. I, I think you know what like if I was <laughs> if I was the Sixers two years ago and I had that same mindset I would trade him because I don't think you know he was out for how many years two it's been two seasons he's been out two seasons and he only plays thirty three games this year or thirty one games is that what it yeah thirty one thirty one yeah so I mean that's already a terrible track record we can we can't overlook that. 
I mean, if I if they if they could get anything for him, I would do it just because I don't think he's sturdy enough to. I I, I don't think he's ever going to be a player who doesn't get injured frequently. I mean, it's high risk, high reward, and I, also exactly we, yeah, it's. It's a tricky situation to put them in. I would err on the side of caution. I think I would extend like the first year option, obviously, just because like you see what's there, and the you you see what's there in Embiid, but you've yet to see what's there in your whole roster, right? And I think before you know Brett Brown and company make any sort of like huge, like possibly irrational decisions in terms of transactions, I, I think it would be very pertinent of them to see what the whole team plays like, you know, with Simmons and everything. Uh, because yeah. Embiid, yeah, he makes jokes about the process and everything, but I don't know a single dude who plays on a shittier team that wants to be on that team more. That's right. Like, he, I think Embiid is a player that recognizes that potentially the Sixers team could be something really special, mm-hmm. and that a lot of it does really hinge on him. And that's what's so, so worrisome with them, too. Um yeah. Because, like, if you look at, like, all these other teams who aren't really there yet, you're at least, like, okay, the Lakers, we don't know what they're going to be, but Ingram, Clarkson, Russell, Randall, and crew, like, they look like they'll be pretty damn good at some point. Um, the, the You know, the Timberwolves, Wiggins, Towns, potentially if Chris Dunn, like, improves, which, God, he needs to improve because he has not been good. Um, you know, the Bucks, like we just mentioned with those three or four guys. Like, with the Sixers, it's like, what do you think the future's for the Sixers? you got to go, uh Are they healthy? I mean, it's... A really high ceiling and a really low floor. Right. Like, you have no idea. And you can't really use past history to predict it either. Yeah. Yeah. Philly's interesting. I I hope they do well. I hope that 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 gets turned around. Because that could be a really, really fun team once they're healthy, finally, six years later. They kind of have that, like, when they're good, the NBA's better kind of thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like... Oh, well, that division's so awful, right? Like, there's like the bottom falls out of the Atlantic so quick, and because you get Toronto, Boston, and then that's it. Yeah. So, I mean, like like I've said before, you know, the rising tide raises all ships. So, in a perfect world, every NBA team would be good, but if that were the case, Brooklyn wouldn't have a team. So and Brooklyn yeah, has to be playing somewhere special. Uh, he'd be playing for the Brooklyn Lopez's. <laughs> Is that like the Carmelo Anthony's? No, not as bad. No. Um, did you guys by chance see in that game the other day uh, when New York was playing Toronto and Rose is like driving down the court and literally Patrick Patterson trips over his own foot and still manages to steal the ball from Derek. Steals Rose. the ball from him. <laughs> yes, I did see that. <laughs> It was so bad. That, that was that was like a big point on like a lot of blogs and everything this week. Was Derrick Rose had the ball stolen from a guy who was on the floor, <laughs> like literally laying on the floor. Oh, dude, that's another guy we didn't mention. Like, what the hell is Toronto going to do to not Kyle Lowry's out till at least the playoffs? Oh man, well, build a time dude. machine, convince Phil Jackson to wave Derrick Rose. <laughs> well, I mean, let's. Let's see here. Who's still available? Oh, Terrence Jones. Terrence Jones. That's a bit, another big oh. man. I don't know if they have enough of those now. 
Yeah, I think they. I think they have big men. They're good. I mean, there. Calderon didn't get picked up yet, right? Yeah, Cal- Calderon did not get picked up, and former Raptor returned to Toronto. Yeah, yeah. He's got, yeah. I mean, he's only got a couple seasons left in him. I feel like, anyways. So yeah, let, let, let I would like to see him if he could retire as a Raptor. That'd be cool. That would be cool. man. He he was just about to get on on the Warriors, and and uh, everything everything fell out last night. God, it was like that... immediate. Like, well, we're bringing back Matt Barnes. <laughs> I honestly, I, I know I'll probably get shot on for this, but even when Durant went down, I still would have kept Calderon over Matt Barnes. I would have too, actually. Well, you because. Know, I mean, they need him I, I there think... so he can fight with Derek uh, Derek Fisher about his wife. I mean, that's that's the only reason, right? That's the only I reason. Just, to put I him feel on your like team. if 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 Curry goes down, who better to have run your offense than a dude who'd probably do it really well? Because all yeah, he right. does is pass, and then has the best free throw percentage in NBA history almost. Yeah, because really, cool. yeah, or he he has the record. He either has the record or was close to the record for most consecutive free throws made. We'll get our tech oh. team on this. Tech team? Oh, that's us. I know Mark Price is up there. He's up yeah. there on that list. But, um, huh, interesting. Yeah. Whip out some, uh, some, some 2K10, 2K11, some 2K9 era uh, NBA games on the 360, and Jose Calderon's way overpowered. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Hey, you guys want to talk about New Orleans and like how this hasn't worked out yet? <sighs> oh, Are we man. surprised? No. I'm not. Like but, they're still really front heavy. Oh, they're so like, and you look at the guards. Like, okay, I know we're Bulls fans, and I always love Etwan Moore. I always enjoyed him being on the team because I thought he was a really good bench player. But like, he's a starting guard for that team. Like, and, yeah, right. And, he shouldn't be a starting guard for any team. No. Drew Holiday, fine. Cousins, great. Anthony Davis, I don't know how they pulled that off. But like Solomon Hill? Yeah. It's after you get through that, it's a veritable who's who of just like nonsense role players and not to knock role players like some NBA players had the tendency to do in the past week. But yeah, like that is an awful team outside of those three players. And here's the thing, like, you know, like, Bill Simmons talked about this this week, is Drew Holiday's a free agent this year, which yeah. means New Orleans going to have to give him, like, $21 million. Like, they're going to have to, because, like, they're not going to pick high enough to go into those, like, top-tier point guards in the draft. Like, they're not going to go get, like, a Malik Monk. Um, we know they're definitely not going to get a Markel Fultz. And now, like, they're kind of stuck with that. And, like, I like Drew Holiday. I think that he's a really good player. But I think he is, like, in that mid-range point guard level. Like, not where I would say, like, I'm going to give this guy 21 mil. But I don't know if they're going to no. have a choice or not. Because they're not going to sign uh, Derrick Rose. Do you want Derrick right. Rose there? No. No. Yeah, I don't I don't know who you go after if you're if you're the Pelicans. Who else yeah, is I don't that? know who's going to be available either. Yeah. yeah. Or cap space know. or anything like that. Yeah, no, no. But... Something to look at this summer, obviously. We yeah, pe- we we got to get ourselves a Pelicans expert in. I want to talk to one. I know Wait, like find- Pelicans, the basketball or Pelicans, like the ornithological kind of. Possibly both. I think they're the all same right. person. We just get a bird expert on the show. I think I think that's how they all became fans. They're like, oh, I really like that bird. <laughs> it wasn't the Finally, creepy a mascot that speaks to me. <laughs> I just I just don't understand how anyone can be a Pelicans fan. Like it's such a it's such a 
weird team. <laughs> I will never forget, like, kind of, like, go, like, a little behind the curtain here. Uh, when they announced, like, their, like, mascots, and they announced the bird, and I was like, okay, that makes sense. And then, like, they announced the baby, which I get from New Orleans is fine, but, like, Alex texted me a picture of the baby with his eyes just, like, wide open, and I was horrified. Like, I remember... I forgot about that. <laughs> I remember being, like, scared shitless for a second. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Um... But yeah, man, like, I think the other thing, too, is, like, I get that there's just not a lot of talent. And, like, I love Cousins, and I love Davis, and I think that those two are awesome. Uh, and I think that, like, you know, you have a year to figure it out with uh, Cousins, obviously, before he hits the market. Um, I have no issues with him going all in to try to win. And, like, Buddy Heald actually hasn't been terrible his first week in Sacramento. Like, he's, you know, he's got one more win than the Pelicans do. Um, but I'm not 100% on Alvin Gentry for them. Like, I just don't know. Like, I, I know he's been successful before, but I don't know. If As he's... an assistant on the, right. on the Warriors, but like, and that that last half of the season of the Suns, Phoenix? the yeah, yeah, yeah. the uh, the weird Amari Shack experiment for those couple of years, right? Yeah, yeah, he was leading that for a while. <laughs> yeah, but I just don't know if like, obviously, this is so du- bad to say, like. Is he the coach that gets the boogie? Like, no coach has gotten the boogie yet. Like, what makes us think that Alvin Gentry is going to, at some point, Mike, get him to click? Mike Malone, Mike Malone did. Yeah, that was the one. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's like, I just don't know, man. Like, I want them to succeed because I want to see those two be the Twin Towers. I want to see those two, like, dominate. But I, I just, I don't know if it's going to happen. Like, I have my doubts, but also I have my, like, Holy shit, if those two dominates could be so filthy. But, like, I don't know. Like, I, I, just, I have a lot of concerns. There has been, like, one successful Twin Towers in NBA history, and that was the original with Ralph Sampson and Hakeem Olajuwon in the early 1980s. Right. That is the only successful one that ever happened. So, I, you know, I just... You, you, wouldn't have... give, you, you wouldn't give dunks a D-Rob? Ooh, good point. You cut out there. I couldn't hear you. Duncan, uh, I, I suggested uh, Tim Duncan and Dave Robinson. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they were. They were. Carl Malone and Greg Ostertag. No. No. Need I go on? No. 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 We're not going to get Shaquille O'Neal and Bryant Reeves and Sharif Abdurrahim. Hey. 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 Now. Michael Doliak and that other guy. I'm done. Okay. I was going to say. I was yep, like, how many before can we go? <laughs> oh man! Ugh. So the... it doesn't happen often. I mean, no. anything anything worse with the Spurs. So if those two players played with the Spurs, title, right? Right. But but I I don't I don't see that happening on that team. I mean, they're probably just as turned off by the bird mascots <laughs> as me. That's probably why they suck so much. They're like, well, I don't want to be here. This team sounds made up. Right. You know? That's what we all felt when they announced the mascot, right? <laughs> I think that's how David Stern felt when he announced that draft pick. Right. The New Orleans Pelicans, yes. No, that's if you right. remember, because their first, pe- the first the Pelicans Hornets. pick... No, the first no- yeah. Pelicans pick was Nerlens Noel, and they traded him, you remember, on draft day. So he, yeah. had, to go, he had to say the New Orleans Pelicans select Nerlens Noel. Like, he had to, like... That was probably a tongue twister for a second there. The New Orleans, the New Orleans Pelicans, yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah, because like for like 10 seconds, all Kentucky fans were like, oh my god, we're going to get our Twin Towers. 
Three years Nerlens later, and Nerlens. Three years later, they get their Kentucky Twin Towers, and it's it's not there yet. <laughs> it's not like Kentucky fans give a shit about NBA basketball anyway. Exactly. Like, I don't know if you guys ever read uh, Sea of Blue, which is the uh, which yeah. is the uh, yeah sport it, yeah the Sports Nation blog for 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 UK. But every single day, they have to give updates on NBA UK players. Like, because I follow them on Facebook, and it's funny because, I mean, they talk about Cousins, like, a lot. They talk about – it's it, – I feel like they almost, like, halfway follow the NBA, but it's just this weird, like, niche group of players. It's very strange. My favorite thing about, like, Kentucky fans that are, like, are, like anti-NBA are, like, I don't like it because they don't play defense. And I'm, like, you realize, like, half the defensive players in the league play for your school, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't – I don't – the the whole NBA doesn't play defense crap pisses me is, off. Oh god, it's like you know what, and and I don't think the only reason why college basketball seems like it's more exciting is because the ball doesn't go in the hoop as much. Right. And when it does, it's a really really exciting act. Everybody stands up because they're all a bunch of dumb kids. They're all they all just get really excited and they're like, yes, three points, three points. You know, I feel like. The, the next time somebody tells me they don't like the NBA because they don't play defense, I'm going to have to sit them down and teach them all of the things that they don't know. Right. And, and, and the thing that's funny is, like, like my fiancé, she didn't really watch NBA basketball until, you know, we started dating. And, like, she's even, like, on the – she's like, man, she's like, you watch – she's like, these games are just so intense at the end. And I think there's always been, like, this – mentality that like NCAA games are always very uh you know tight at the end and more exciting because of that but NBA has that on a nightly basis there's a team that's you know up by two or three points you know where it comes down to the wire and I mean right. it happens often you know and I you know there's not that many blowouts it just doesn't happen like I mean unless you're playing the Warriors which you know it's gonna happen but you know I mean they're there is so much competition in the NBA for, you know, any team can have a good, good, you know, a good game one night and it can be competitive and players do play defense. They just don't press the whole game. It's my thoughts on college basketball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm with you completely. Um, so kind of go for a few more topics before we get out of here, guys, real quick. Um, we are now three quarters away this year. We're not, like I said, we're at the home stretch now and Let's just go ahead and do it one more time because we've already talked about like redundant things with, the, with who we have in the finals. Uh, Alex, mm. I'm going to go and say it, man. I flipped back and forth with this also. Uh, last time we had this talk, I was all for James Harden winning MVP. Nah, I'm back on the rush train. I'm back with triple doubles. <laughs> you, did, ba- you didn't leave that train. Shut up, Tim. <laughs> Dude, 30 triple doubles in 60 games. Right. Um, 30-point 30, 30 triple doubles. And been the best player in the fourth quarter this year besides Isaiah Thomas. So I I'm still going on the Russ train. I still think I have Russ winning MVP. Um, And if they do co MVP, he's gonna be really pissed, even though both guys totally deserve it. Yeah, I've. I've... (laughs) Well, you're just all over the place today. (laughs) I I definitely still have have Westbrook doing it. Uh, I I think it's well deserved at this point. The the key thing we said needed to happen this year was he needed to take on the load of the Thunder and stay healthy. He's done that. Uh, he has put up an unreal season. Uh, yeah, I, I right now, definitely Russell Westbrook, still my pick for MVP. Right now, yes. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think he gets tired. Like, everyone's like, eventually this his pace of play is going to catch up to him. Like, if it hasn't caught up to him yet, what makes us think it's going to happen the next 21 games? Right. He's on a different level in terms of his motor and his desire to win basketball games, which I, I admire more than anything about him. I think he, he's got that cutthroat mentality. He wants to win games. Like, he legitimately cares. And, yeah, he wants to stuff the stats because he can. You know, he's the only guy who ever tries at the All-Star game to right. just be like, yeah, I'm going to – this is a real game, right? Because every game is a real game to Russell Westbrook. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is that great. So, I, I, you know, I tip my hat to him this year. He's been phenomenal. Yeah. So a couple more things here. Sean, C-Webb turned 44 today. Happy birthday, C-Webb. Got any favorite Chris Webber memories? Favorite Chris Webber memory? Uh, I'm just going to go with um, all of the Kings-Lakers series. Uh, he was ridiculous in those. I uh, Chris Webber was never as good as he was as a Sacramento King. So I, I those series were incredible. And I was a huge Kings fan back then because I absolutely hated the Lakers back then i mean i i like looking going back at it now i i love those teams but the kings were phenomenal all of those years because of him and last thing um you get you guys to talk about this did you guys hear like jj reddick on bill simmons podcast last week he told that kevin garnett story no, no. okay so you know garnett's like helping out with um the clippers now like he's like a like a yeah. like yeah yeah it's an advisor or something yeah so apparently like Reddick was telling this story about like he was in the weight room after practice one day and Garnett's in there talking you know KG's like the ultimate character and he's just like hilarious um, he's telling this story about like you know like this is what you need to do so you don't get tired because you know JJ's like a guy that goes off off screens and he like catches the ball on the run and like he's a catch and shoot guy and he's like. This is what you gotta do to go get tired. He's like, man, he's like, when I'm done time during the offseason, like, I was working out, and I saw Beyonce, and I saw her working out, and she was dancing and singing, like, during her workouts, and I was like, man, I was like, that's what I need to do. He's like, so during the summer when I'm in Miami and I'm running down the uh, down the trail on South Beach, he's like, I'm just going, la la la, la la la. He's like, that way, when I start playing the games and I'm playing defense and I'm talking, I don't get tired. Is that the best Kevin Garnett story ever, or what? It's a it's very a pretty, Kevin Garnett story. It's very, you know, it's real. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I I do not doubt that story. Like there is not a bit of hyperbole or any sort of like humor in that whatsoever. Like to me, I take that as just like the stone tablets of Moses level of fact. Where it's like, yes, Kevin Garnett, I do think that's what you do. And <laughs> even backed it up on Area Twenty One this week, which is awesome. That's funny. <laughs> I think on that note, let's end while we're high, guys. Let's end while we're, like, living it up. So let's go ahead and wrap up this week's edition of the Corner 3 podcast. Uh, next week, we do have a guest in line. We're going to be joined by Keith Smith of 16 Wins a Ring, as we're going to talk about. Uh, Keith has, like, become, like, a mastermind of the NBA salary cap formation, so he's going to get his thoughts on some teams that can and can't do, and also we're going to talk to him about his beloved Boston Celtics. So everyone, enjoy the week, and can't wait, and enjoy the games this week. Thanks for listening to the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Be sure to add us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our brand new website at thecorner3.net.